0: Hey, this is your host Shane from Radical Rocks. Today we have a very exciting episode for you. We have conversations on the lost pirate kingdom of lost treasure and coins. Uh, It's going to be a good one. We've got a lot of fossil news for you. Tree climbing kangaroos, a winged shark. We're going to discuss some scientific findings that... uh, say that life came from lightning and all kinds of other things. We're going to talk about the color forecast, the color forecast for gemstones. That might be valuable to some of us to know what's up and trending. We're going to talk about the Bruno pattern jaspers, morganite, serpentine, and so much more, folks. Um, Before we get into that, though, I want to thank you guys for supporting the channel. Uh, I want to thank you for coming to RadicalRocks.com and checking out our website and uh, looking at all the social media links that you can find at the bottom of the page. You just scroll down. You've got our website, our, our YouTube videos, our podcasts, all our social media where it is happening with thousands of like-minded individuals. And uh, we invite you to enjoy that and support us by subscribing, sharing, and liking the channel. We'd like to grow our membership. Uh, a little faster, so you could help do that by showing your appreciation for the time that we put into the content and things like that. This is a voluntary um, project um, on the social level. We, We go into areas and teach about rocks and minerals. We'll be going in next month and teaching a group of young people about rocks and minerals. Uh, and uh, we do this with the schools and with different groups. It's going to be the Trail Life group um, in April. So this is something that we do from time to time. And uh, you're supporting that. So we appreciate that through social media and monetization on that part. We're able to put a portion of that toward um, toward it. So let's get right into it because we have a lot to talk about. Um, first of all, I want to talk about the the color forecast. Um, Fire Mountain Gems at FireMountainGems.com. They're not a sponsor, but uh, get their emails and they have some interesting articles on working with gemstones. They've got an interesting article on making um, uh, bracelets for men, which You know, that's not always easy to do with beads and gemstones and stuff like that. But they've got some ideas there that they sent me. thought about talking about that, but um, there wasn't a lot of content there for me to be able to do on a podcast. Same thing with the color forecast. But you can go to their website, look up uh, Fire Mountain Gems and Beads color forecast. That's going to pop up. And they show you the spring and summer colors uh, they use a uh, a group of fashion designers and style industry experts to look at what the inside fashion season is going to be looking at. It's a sneak peek, basically, at the colors that people will be wearing and buying. And they basically have a palette of all these different colors for this spring and summer 2021. 20, uh, and then uh, the fall and winter, spring and summer, fall and winter, and and on and on, that you can look at this color palette to maybe try to use some of those ideas in creating your jewelry from the rocks and minerals that uh, you've collected, okay? Something to think about. Now, we have a lot of fossil news today. We're gonna just hit on these one at a time very quickly You can look them up if you want to find out more information on them, but at the cosmosmagazine.com website, they have uh, an article here about an ancient tree-climbing kangaroo that is discovered. This, of course, is in Australia. It was written by Amelia Hart on March the 24th here. They've got some bones of the skulls and of the hands, which indicate this kangaroo unlike modern kangaroos which which do try to hook on trees and and reach up higher these kangaroos and uh, wallabies had very powerful hands and gripping muscles and would have been able to climb trees according to scientists who are studying these bones through the Royal Society of Open Science. So uh, you could look into that more they have some interesting pictures there if that's something you want to check out. Now Scientists are always telling us that, uh, you know, how they think life started. This article by the sci fi.com, Sci Fi Wire, on sci fi.com website, credited by Holton Archive Getty Images, or oh, excuse me, Elizabeth Ryan here, the author, she wrote it on the 22nd. It goes into some of the things that we collect when you see this. Uh, Glass that lightning has hit in the sand that is created. There's a picture of that here. They call that, I hope I say it right, uh, Fulgurite, fulgurite. it's F-U-L-G-U-R-I-T-E, Fulgurite. And it contains this schisperite site, which is a phosphorus, which they say is essential for life to start on Earth. So these scientists go through this article here and talk about oh you know in times when the earth was possibly warmer there was lightning lots of lightning and this could have triggered more lightning and this could have created some of the most basic life forms but as you go on to read the study they have no way of uh, proving this even though they could test this in a lab Um, nobody has been able to make that happen so it's totally a hypothesis certainly if this was possible they could duplicate that but it just shows how they're always looking for some explanation now another really interesting thing is this winged shark this winged shark when I saw this and I told my son about it he says flying sharks where do they live you know do they live in our town I said no they don't live in our town but this uh shark again on sci-fi.com sci-fi wire magazine uh, by jeff spray written on the 23rd there's a beautiful picture of a winged ray uh, called the manta or devil ray it has a huge mouth that opens for for feeding on plankton and these long long wings the thing looks like uh like almost like an airplane um that you would see at the military but it is a kind of reminiscent of this new winged shark that they found which means eagle shark. Now the eagle shark uh, was once in Mexico swimming around when uh, Mexico was uh, covered with water and they feel that it's about five and a half feet long with wingspan of over six feet and they found it in some limestone in the northwest Mexican state of Nuevo Leon, and they are trying to say that there's a whole another subspecies of shark here that uh, they're understanding and looking at. Very interesting article. It goes on how they identify it uh, through the teeth. Is how they're they're saying that it is actually a subspecies of this winged shark. Next in um, we have some human interest story Devonport Jewelry Gym and Mineral Fair is on this week uh, it is hosted by the Lapidary Club it was written by Molly Appleton March the 23rd I'm imagining Davenport must be um, in Australia because the magazine here at the bottom um, says that it's an Australian community media so i'm assuming that's our friends in australia but this show is really nice they're going to have um they're going to have demonstrations on how to make campbell and things like that Um, they have 89 stalls it looks like it's going to be huge a lot of jewelry opals minerals and fossils children's activities all through the weekend But, of course, they'll be doing their whatever COVID thing they decide is um, appropriate. So, shout out to our friends in Australia and that little, uh, hopefully big, get-together. The Lost Pirate Kingdom. So, this apparently is a Netflix series uh, about people who are looking for treasure, pirate treasure. They said the missing coins are found from the most valuable cargo to sail in the Atlantic. Um, you can find this at Express.co.uk and uh, under in the Express there and it's written by Column Horry and um, it says they're looking at the real-life pirates that sailed the seven seas or sailed the seas of the golden age of piracy. It's a six-part series um some of it's kind of scripted but they're talking about people who plundered ships and uh, the last episode they're going to recall how the spanish treasure fleet was lost in a hurricane um and its treasure plundered by pirates now they're going to talk about how they found some of these pieces here they've got pictures of the coins and um pretty cool looks like it looks like it will be fun fun to watch if you're into treasure and treasure hunting and things like that so let's take a break from fossils for a minute and talk about some gemstones i want to talk about serpentine serpentine here in california you find it a lot it's uh, very grainy but there is beautiful massive varieties of serpentine that uh, gemologists really treasure because of the pleasing color. It looks a lot like jade. This uh, serpentine, or serpentine jade, um, is truly uh, a serpentine. It says in the case of a jadet uh, jade and a nephrite jade, which if you know a little bit about jade, there's two different types of jade, those are them, it relates to its uses Uh, Made for these materials and results in the, the results of certain properties that they possess rather than their mineralogical status. So serpentine is translucent, waxy, usually greenish, to soft pale green. Sometimes groups or rows of small striking whitish cloud shapes are visible inside. The yellow green to definite green varieties are less common. Now, multicolored pieces are also found with slight green to green, yellowish green, or brown patches. Serpentine is mainly used for carving images or decorated vases up to 8 to 12 inches high, typically of Chinese art. It's fairly, um, um, you know, tough to work with, um, a little less than jade, but it's suitable for making classic vases, hanging chains, carving a single piece of stone, very elaborate into very elaborate compositions, leafy branches, groups of birds, flowering shrubs, and uh, using the color patches in a skillful way can increase the value of such pieces if you can highlight certain things of what it is you're carving. Um, To bring out the highlights of that image with these patches of color can super increase the value. Now, large-scale production of low-quality items is seen um, because it's less costly than true uh, jade. It is a little bit easier to work because it's less hard. Uh, A lot of times you'll see small elephants, uh, divinities, you know, Buddhas, green, yellow, and varieties rounded, polished, and made into beads for necklaces and bracelets. Now some of the features that are specific to serpentine, the color being greenish white, it being waxy to translucent, uh, and these white cloud formations just below the surface, it's easy to recognize at first sight. It uh, differs from jadeite jade having a lower density and hardness. It's distinguishable from nephrite jade. Um, which is normally a bit less translucent and a bit less waxy by its density. And the density and hardness is less clear because serpentine used for ornamental purposes can have a hardness range of four and a half to five. Um, Jades are usually much harder than that. Most serpentine that is ornamental comes from England, New Zealand, Korea, China, and the United States. The value of this jade is slightly lower than the nephriite jade. Um, therefore, uh, it is really uh, used for crafting objects and multicolored pieces. Um, synthetics and stimulants that may be used, the Oriental style Fiat figures uh, that have been produced with a waxy look, uh, sometimes are made of plastic. Uh, very deceptive at first sight looking very much like um, serpentine but of course after touching it and feeling it you can pretty quickly tell that it is a plastic um, if you have or if you're able to compare the two all right so there's our first rock and mineral we've also got bruno jasper and possibly morganite coming up now more on what's going on in the world um There is uh, a 10-year-old grandson, Chris Hardy, the oldest grandson, has some birthday gifts here, rocks and minerals, a little tumbler, National Geographic's fossils and rock kit uh, for their birthday. And this article here at uh, lacrosstribune.com, it seems like this is in France, is saying that uh, in the 1970s, uh, their son uh little grandson was born or here uh, the same time that uh, the this individual lost her father same day so even though it was a tough time of uh of of, of memory they they are able to move on um one of the joys they share as a family with their grandson uh is this Love of rocks and minerals. Their grandson, ten years old, already knows the names of most rocks, fossils, agates, and stones in the kit that they gave him for his birthday. So this is a really great way to build families. Is is giving some of these kits that you can find on the internet. Um, you know, support your local um, businesses if there is businesses that do rocks and minerals that have those type of things. Some of the uh, little toy stores have these rock kits as well discovery stores, things like that Um, and also these rock gem and mineral shows you can get those now Here's a little side topic The water on Mars, where it went. If you're into Mars, I'll give a little shout out to this, the baltimoresun.com. There's an article there by Kenneth Chang on March 20th that talks about where the water went. It goes into how it just went beneath the surface and how some of the rocks they're finding indicate how the water percolated through these rocks. Very interesting article. You can check that out if you want to find out more about how all this water disappeared. Uh, Sites from what they claim is at the polar regions on each pole, they claim that that is a lot of water. Saturday, uh, March 27th, coming up here this weekend, the East Idaho Gym and Mineral Show can be found. You go to kpvi.com and look up. Uh, 2021 Southeast Idaho Gym and Mineral Show. It's going to pop up. You can go see that show. There's going to be door prizes, rock auctions. A great way to buy rocks at a good price is a silent rock auction. You just walk around and put your price on the card. You just keep walking around and do that, and you're usually going to get at least a few. Okay. Sometimes if you're fortunate, there's not a lot of people at the auction, you can really get some great deals at those auctions. Check it out. Um, another place you might want to ch- check out is Town.com. I'm assuming this uh, Cape Town is in New England in the uh, United States of America. This is a little business here called the Scratch Patch and I think we've talked about it maybe uh, once or twice, but they've got an actual cave here, it looks like a cave, and you go in there and the whole floor is covered with gemstones that have been polished. Um, you can pay a fee and actually buy some of those gemstones all over the place. They've got tiger's eyes, rose cord, amethyst, jasper, agates, crystals. Uh, there's even uh, lapis in there, lace agate, really exotic stones in there kids are going to love it the picture is uh really neat my um my kids saw the picture and they were like "Ooh, i want to go there so it looks like a lot of fun now here's another science article science discover they're stunned actually they're stunned this time this is what the article says science stunned to discover fossil plants a mile beneath greenland ice Um, again our scientists convinced that uh that the earth, um, you know, that they can explain the way things are and uh, trying very, very hard to go against the the old uh, world-has-been-flooded uh, uh, talk in, in saying that the earth was never covered with water. We're finding out more and more that it is. Uh, now, another uh, teaching that is of uh, times of antiquity found in the Bible and other... Um, other uh, books and history that the earth was once a greenhouse uh, covered by a water canopy and that um, green plants, ferns, things like this grew uh, all the way to the poles. So here they're finding yes there is fossilized plants at the bottom of Greenland and indeed at one time plants were proliferating there. Um they try to explain this probably as the um poles would have shifted, which is entirely possible. I wouldn't argue that. I've seen enough evidence to believe that could be true. If you want to read more about that, go to buffalo.edu. Scientists stunned to discover fossilized plants mile beneath Greenland goes into some depth about this. Now, one other exciting article for us today. Um, Two more left on rocks or gemstones. The Bruno Pattern Jasper. This has been discovered in multiple states, and then after that, we'll talk about Morganite for those of you who have hung in there with us. On March the 13th, Rockin' Jim, they sent me a link in email to these articles, free. Um, This article is quite in-depth. We will talk about some of the highlights. Now, if you have ever seen Bruno Jasper, it looks like an egg pattern, Okay, But these eggs can be, uh, like millions of them, stacked on top of each other. They can be in designs. Um, it is a very distinct-looking rock uh, and min- uh, mineral in the jasper family that is much sought after. Now, there are several different areas where you can get it, where you can find it, um, or types that you can purchase at rock and gem shows around the world or online. And we're going to talk about how that pattern's made, and some of these different types of this pattern that are quite close to the Bruno Jasper that we're so familiar with, that comes out of Bruno Canyon. Now, the article is credited by Eugene Mueller, and um, he is a co-owner of a gym shop in Wisconsin. And uh, you can look him up, too, if you want to find out more about him. But the Northwest is rich in collectible jaspers. We've gone to many places on our YouTube videos and collected some beautiful tricolor jaspers, moss agates, and things like that. These particular Bruno jaspers come from Idaho or the Morrison uh, Ranch jaspers from Oregon. Now, they have intricate party uh, patterns. Uh, They're relatively easy to work with and the polishing is pretty straightforward. The circular curves that intersect with another line can give an appearance of a scenery um, or a um, repetition of curved edges that result in the jaspers that change gradually in hue, color, and value um, that contribute to the beauty of these jaspers. Whoops, I just scanned through a whole bunch of this. There are some great pictures of some of these jaspers in this article. One in particular is the Morrisonite jasper. Uh, It has a beautiful green background, and in the back are these green orbs that get lighter and lighter, and then on top of them is these tan and brownish orbs um, followed by one in the very beginning that is a dark brown, scattered all throughout this seam and this ridge. Now, some of the areas where these jaspers have been collected um, are all over the place. Um, you can find examples of morsonite from um, the Christine Marie claim, common traits of the Bruno jasper with the striking shape of the egg pattern some of them can be kind of stretched uh, out of uh, a perfect oblong shape there's usually many of them stacked on top of each other as if someone just stamped and stamped and stamped and uh, you can find this they were detected locally in the 1940s when rancher jim morrison uh, no relation to the door singer invited friends to a cabin at the Aahi river to go goose hunting and Morrison had collected rocks and Indian artifacts and showed them to anybody who liked them. But after a 27-mile uh, hike to his cabin, he found uh, a road on Canyon Rim, and the material there was found. A claim was filed in 1964. There's now adjoining claims, and equipment didn't start there until the 1970. Uh, And now no new commercial production has occurred since 1996. Willow Creek Jasper is also um, another area in Eagle, Idaho, a small canyon where many miners have worked the area. There's a thunder egg deposit there where the eggs exist next to perlite and uh, there's a thunder egg there that's two feet in diameter. This deposit um, was considered kind of small. It takes a lot of effort to remove these, and uh, not all eggs have jasper interiors. Some of them have these patterns in them, these egg patterns, and um, you will see uh, tons of them. So you will have to dig a lot of them. maybe a couple hundred pounds of them just to find one of these that's filled with the agate. Now, Blue Mountain jaspers found in Oregon... Um, they a lot of these mines are mined, so I'm I don't know the status on them. You'll have to look that up a little bit more, but uh, some of them might be inactive. You might be able to hunt around the 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 bottom of these areas, but definitely don't collect on the claims. You don't want to get in trouble. This morisonite is found in veins in the Blue Mountain Jasper. Uh, nodule shapes, kind of a bluish huge, uh, hue rather. It's uh, been worked a few times, but no new material has been mined for over 30 years. The last is Imperial Jasper, which I have some of this myself. I have some of the the Bruno Jasper as well. um, Known as Royal Imperial Jasper, found on the eastern slope of the canyon with vegetation um, near San uh, Cristobal, Mexico. And you can find this uh, jasper there. It's beautiful green colors. There's pinks. There's uh, red imperial, pink imperial, brown imperial, green imperial, spiderweb imperial, uh, sectional imperial, royal imperial, all associated with jasper deposits in the area. Um, that happens to be a very big area of collecting. So there's a lot to be found there, uh, even though you don't see it a whole lot Um what else? Similar patterns found in other jaspers uh, around around the areas um, can be found. There are jasper with the pattern of a bruno jasper that are not well known. Heart mountain jasper and rim jasper from Oregon are two of them. These are usually thunder eggs that are found in these mountains. Also east of Deming, New Mexico, there are some that are filled with this type of jasper. Very small deposits and pieces found there. Usually only sold in private sales uh, and collections, the little bit that was found there. At a gym and mineral show in uh, Arizona, Quartzite, or Tucson, you may be fortunate enough to find um, Bruno Jaspers, but not all are Bruno Jasper. The Morrison Ranch Jaspers are some that are found um, that are very identif- uh, identifiable as well. Um, some of these patterns of Blue Mountain Jasper the orbs are sinking into another layer, so it looks like a mountain ridge, a kind of a reflection through the water droplets. Very beautiful slab they have pictured here with darker blue and green and brown jaspers with lighter egg formations. Uh, Morsonite and blue mountain jasper, in contrast, can be bricaded uh, and cracked and lead to some other interesting patterns and designs that uh, you can check out. Now, the article goes into the pattern formation and theory about how the silica um, came about doing this. Now, they give the explanation of a pillow if you rolled a pillow up. So when there's a seam that has these orbs or patterns through it, that's going to go through that seam just as if you had rolled up a pillow and then other ones have been moved or stretched um, during the time when they were still kind of like taffy. That's how they feel that that happened. But uh, it goes into some detail about how the colors happen, how the patterns change um, as the material was moved and uh, bent, as it were, in creating these patterns and shapes. So you can check that out and read it. Uh, to more detail if you want because it is quite lengthy and detailed our last topic of discussion for today morganite Um, I love morganite, it's beautiful Uh, it can come in blues or pinks it is a variety of uh, burl basically named after the famous American uh, banker and gym enthusiast um, John Pierpoint Morgan The color is quite often a soft pink without any overtones. Um, It has a glassy luster like other burls. The stones are usually fairly free of inclusions. Sometimes, however, they have irregular liquid and gaseous inclusions. They could be of uneven shape. Um, this liquid that's in there, you have to be careful um, with the burls because, and also I think topaz as well, but mostly burls and aquamarine, you cannot steam those. You don't want to steam clean those because the the water that's trapped in there can make the stone crack. Um, they can be very uneven in shape. Um, the cut is a step cup. Cut is usually used with these stones, like uh, what you see a traditional emerald cut like. Morganite is uh, not a common gem, but specimens are often medium to large, Always, um, as always with a light-colored stone. The more richly colored the specimens are, the greater the value and demand. Morganite is not easily distinguishable from kunzite pink topaz, um, and it is a more attractive pink than tremoline really, um, which is a darker dark pink, except of course its physical characteristics, but it's quite readily distinguished from the dull pink tourmalines and less lustrous than the pink sapphire, um, often has a different color. In general, pink stones and less of a distinctive shade are not easy to identify visually, but once you're used to them and you get used to it and you're in an area where you know where a particular stone is, that certainly helps with it. But if you're looking at stones in a in a cabinet or a shelf, then the density is the way that you can tell, and of course the hardness. Morganite is found in pigmatites in the United States and California, Brazil, and Madagascar. The value of the stones, um, as bigger stones of higher quality and more desirable colors, the value goes up. As far as uh, synthetics and stimulants that are used, That's not widely known. Morganite, as a rule, is not imitated um, or produced synthetically at this time that I am aware. So there you have it, folks. There's your gem, mineral, fossil, treasure hunting uh, update for the week. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you go to RadicalRocks.com. Check out our social media links at the bottom of the page. Check out our store if you want. but most importantly, like, subscribe, and share. Spread it around. If you're in a group, another rockhound group, another lapidary group, another gemstone group, share some of our links. Um, we're trying to grow this, and we need your help to do it. We appreciate it. Remember, rockhounds don't die, they petrify.